Hey, containers, it's Kristen Crow. And that is the most ridiculous name for our listeners. I'm sorry about that. I'll be sure to work on that and come up with something better before season two starts. And speaking of season two, I wanted to remind you all again of our form out there to submit your idea for a buzzword that we should talk about on Must Contain. If you have a buzzword you want us to break down for you, or you're an expert at something and you want to come talk about it on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at atumos.com slash must dash contain and fill out our pitch form and let us know what you want to hear about. We look forward to hearing from you and hopefully having you on a future episode of Must Contain. And now, here's the show. Strategic plans are getting all thrown around. Looking for solutions that are stunning and sound. So many buzzwords keep hitting your brain. You don't know what it is, but it must contain. What does that really mean? Data is that just what it means? AI, but is it really that smart? Let's take a minute to the buzzwords apart. All these acronyms drive you simply insane. Let's break it all down here on Must Contain. Hi, I'm Kristen Crow, And I'm Kristen Caridio. And this is Must Contain, the podcast from Atumos where we help explain the how of marketing, although we can't always explain the why. Join us every two weeks as we break down marketing and corporate topics and discuss what they really mean. And if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to like, follow, or subscribe in all your favorite podcast platforms. And we're back with episode nine of Must Contain, the marketing podcast where we break down all the hippest buzzwords in the industry. Hey, you're not Kristen Crow. No, I'm not Kristen Crow. Thanks for noticing. I'm actually <laughs> Rusty Hall. You are the guy from our theme song. I am the guy from the theme song. So uh, in addition to writing theme songs for hit podcasts, I'm also a MarTech consultant for the last 12 years. So I was excited when I got invited on here uh, because we have a special guest today. So I got to take over some of the hosting responsibilities. We do have a special guest uh, with just two episodes left in the season of Must Contain, uh, we decided that the hosts, the two Christians, we have opinions of our own. So we're going to open up the floor to us. <laughs> so with that being said, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. On the guest side of the mic, we have Kristen Crow. Uh, most of our listeners know Kristen from previous podcasts, but Kristen, if you'd like to give yourself an introduction for the new folks that are just joining Must Contain. Absolutely. I hope there's no new folks. I hope everyone's been around for all awesome, amazing eight episodes. But if you are new, I'm Kristen Crow. I'm the second Kristen of the Kristens. Uh, and I'm excited to be here on the other side of the mic. It's a little intimidating. I'll tell you what. But uh, in addition to my podcast hosting duties, I am also the director of operations consulting services at Atumos. And I've been here three years. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because I've been thinking about it probably most of my career. You're really selling yourself short with with the second Kristen. Like we're we're equal Kristen. <laughs> equal Kristens. <laughs> um, what are you here to talk to us about today? Yeah, surprise! We're here to talk about mops, marketing operations. That's just mops. Why? Yeah, just, just mops. mops. Just the the, the be, end all be all of buzzwords. Mops. So yes. MOPS, huge, huge topic, huge buzzword, yeah. right? Yeah, but right. Why don't you kind of help us by defining what MOPS means, and then we'll talk about some of other people's definitions of MOPS as well. 
Absolutely. So first, don't Google it. Uh, it's not a cleaning tool. I did Google it just to see what would happen because I've never actually Googled mops for this. I was like, what, what happens when you Google mops? Turns out, in addition to the cleaning tool, there is a group called Mothers of Preschoolers that's been around since 1973, and they call themselves mops. So think we, we probably need a new name. I, I think like mops is clearly already taken. And, uh, but you know, that's why I'm here because it's not mothers of preschoolers. It's not a cleaning tool. It is something that you can define a lot of different ways. People have Gartner has a definition. Our own fearless leader, Edward Unthink has a definition. Sure. Several other fearless leaders of other companies have their own definitions. The OGK definition is an overarching term to describe the people processes and tech that power the marketing strategy and create efficiencies. Why did you want to come talk to us about mops? Why do you have opinions about what mops is? Right? It seems maybe obvious or perhaps a little bit ridiculous, but having been a mops person and having been a part of several mops communities, um, such as our wonderful community like Mops Pros, people are fired up about marketing operations, their jobs, what they do, how they do it, where they do it, how they get paid, who cares about them, who loves them, who thinks they're useless, what tools they should know how to do, what skills they should have, uh, where they should sit in an organization, all that stuff. And it just kind of feels like it's really muddled. And people are always asking for answers, various kinds, looking for their peers to help them define things, where they sit, where they should, what should they should be called, what certifications they should be have. And so I thought maybe it'd be worth it to go back to basics. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a lot of stuff. It's people and it's tools. And, you know, I think that the lines get blurred from, you know, even company to company, certainly practitioner to practitioner, you know, it may have a different definition, but, you know, you run into things like is demand gen, let's as an example, say, is that a part of MOPS? Like, you know, what are the, what are the organizational structures there and in, in MOPS and how do we think about those? Demand gen is not a part of MOPS, nor is MOPS a part of demand gen, which is probably what most of you have seen. MOPS sits under demand gen and answers to them, which is actually not what we would want as MOPS people. So it, it is a unit in and of itself. Um, and we want the MOPS team to not be seen as demand gen or IT or biz ops. We want them to be marketing operations. So from an org structure standpoint, where should MOPS sit within an organization? I'm so glad you asked. 100% uh, MOPS should sit right under the CMO as its very own unit with its very own fearless leader at the VP level. That's not always possible. So, you know, companies are smaller and it can be difficult to have VPs at all different kinds of levels, but it's super important that however large your MOPS team is, that they are their own unit. They report directly to the CMO. They have their own responsibilities. They have their own measurements. They have their own KPIs. They're not beholden to demand gen or field marketers or event marketers or anybody else. Um, so we want to make sure again, that however big you are, you are your own entity in and of yourself as a marketing operations department. 
Yeah, so you mentioned, I mean, like we've got kind of the mops soup uh, going on, right? With the people, the technology, the roles and responsibilities within mops itself. So, um, you know, obviously we know like your map is a part of mops functions, um, but what other kind of like tools uh, and tech would you see in kind of like the mops mixture of, of things that we have a responsibility for? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously tech is a part of MOPS. It's the people, the processes, and the tech. And many of you listening, I'm sure, got into MOPS related to the map. So you started at a job, they bought Eloqua or Pardot or HubSpot, and you learned how to use the tool. And all of a sudden, you're responsible for all these other things, all these other processes, all these other tools and tech. And some of those tools are likely things that marketers need and use to communicate with their audience. So conversational tools, chatbots. If you remember our interview with Alex Long on the chatbot episode, she talked a lot about that. Data enrichment tools, event platform tools, webinar platform tools, even things like reporting tools and lead routing tools. There are so many different types of tech that touch the marketing operations side that a lot of times, uh, if you aren't directly responsible for them as a marketing ops person, you are certainly participating in how they are managed and governed. There's also some blurry lines there, right? Like I can think of things for like sure. sales ops tools, like lead routing pieces and even like ad tech that mm -hmm. performance marketing or demand gen marketing teams are using. Yeah. That's marketing technology that I think we would traditionally not think of as MOPs. So, yeah. so how, how do you think about those sort of adjacent technologies uh, within kind of the realm of MOPs? Yeah, it absolutely is blurred lines as with a lot of different things and organizations, a lot of different people touch tools, they touch processes, they, you know, are responsible for a variety of, of different components of what's going on. And I think it's important that if you don't own a tool as the marketing operations team, but it touches your tools, or it has something to do with your KPIs and your objectives that you need to understand how they're being used what the goals for those tools are, uh, what systems they're connected to, not just within your marketing ops realm, but within the entire realm of the organization, because you will be responsible at some point for some part of how that tool is used. So when we talk about things like sales ops tech, which a big part of is the CRM or a lead routing tool. If you are marketing operations, you are responsible for the data that is then entering those tools for sales to use, the salespeople to use. So you have to make sure you're working with the owners of those tools to come up with shared vocabulary, shared definitions, shared processes so that data can pass between them smoothly. So that when a salesperson gets a lead routed to them through lean data, they can read it. They understand where it came from. They understand what to do with it. Um, same thing with ad tech, that if your you know, paid media team is going out and buying ads, that the data coming back into your marketing automation platform from those 
ads, people who are engaging with those ads, has the information you need. If you need a country field that you're collecting country, that you're getting a valid email address that you can utilize to then, um, you know, continue to market to those people using your automation platform and then route it to the salespeople and they have the right information. So all of these things are interconnected just because it's a tool you don't own or somebody else is in charge doesn't mean you shouldn't care. And it also doesn't mean someone shouldn't care what you think. They should absolutely ask you about it and what your requirements are and how, you know, it fits with what you're already doing and how the business is running. So in thinking about like how MOPS responsibility and, you know, we rely on MOPS for more and more uh, over the last couple of years, but how did MOPS get like a seat at the proverbial revenue table? Uh, how did that happen? Do you think? Yeah, my opinion, that's on accident, <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest, um, that, you know, we are probably still a fairly long way off from MOPS being its own entity in most organizations. Um, probably only the truly sophisticated ones or those that happen to have a leader that came up through MOPS are viewing MOPS as its own entity that has an important piece of the overarching puzzle to drive revenue inside of an organization. So. I think a lot of times it came from individual people who had marketing operation-like responsibilities, again, typically managing the marketing automation platform to show up and to say, hey, I'm running these emails or I'm you know, managing these webinars or I'm uh, you know, following up with all the folks that fill out our form. Like I need to be a part of the conversations to determine how we're going to collect data, how we're going to track it, how we're going to pass things off to sales, how sales is going to follow up with them, how we're going to measure that what marketing is doing is working. Um, and having those individuals want to add value to their company and want to be an important part of what's happening within their company. And they just you know, bulldoze their way on in. And now hopefully they are VPs of marketing ops at those companies and there's no more bulldozing required. Everyone just follows along nicely and looks at MOPS is super important. The dream. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you think MOPS's function really is within an organization. So like if we have a MOPS family crest, like what's our, what's our <laughs> motto? Well, first it would obviously have a bulldozer on it if we had a crest. So, um, you know, that's, that part's clear. Uh, but I think it goes back to the, the motto goes back to the definition. So it's, you know, again, the people process and tech that create efficiencies within the organization to then drive and measure the ROI on marketing and getting things out into the market and running your communications. So, you know, these are the folks who are powering things behind the scenes. You know, when you put an ad out there or you host a webinar and, you know, Rusty puts it out on his LinkedIn and Rusty wants to know how many people signed up from the webinar from his LinkedIn post. He uses a UTM parameter that marketing ops gave him, that marketing ops makes sure is a 
field on the form that gets completed properly when someone fills out the form that gets tied back to that person that you can track, that you can then push to the CRM or to a different reporting tool, a BI tool or something like Visible, where you can then identify where that person came from, what activities they engaged in, what was successful, making sure that everything you need to have to prove what you're doing as a marketing organization is actually driving revenue is available to you. And that all of those tools are functioning efficiently and seamlessly communicating properly. Again, it goes back to that shared vocabulary, shared definitions, um, and kind of keeping the systems running, you know, they're the, um, guy, man behind the curtain in the wizard of Oz, you know, turning the wheel, making sure all the things are, are running smoothly, although not so scary more friendly. Not as scary as the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Terrifying. absolutely. More friendly, <laughs> more good witch style. Thank you, witch style. So um, yeah. another kind of growing uh, you know, business unit that we see out there is revenue operations. So RevOps. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on you know, RevOps versus MOPS and how do those two kind of interplay with each other? Yeah. So first I want to know if you're trying to start a fight between the two Kristens because- Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. AAC yeah. is revenue. Um, and and know, betting, betting will be open shortly. Okay. So, uh, oh, place great. Your, place great. your bets on, on one of the Christians. Great. I don't, I don't even want to know if people would bet on me. I'm too embarrassed. Um, but uh, to not start a fight, solely my opinion on this one, uh, I'll let uh, Kristen disagree if she wants to, but my opinion RevOps is simply someone who said marketing and sales need to have a baby and they need to get along and this all needs to work smoothly. And so they said, hey, you're ops people for marketing. Hey, you're ops people for sales. Now you're together and you report into revenue. And I honestly think it just gets people working toward the same goal, which is driving revenue for the organization. That's what the marketing ops team is there to do. Um, you know, they're there to create the efficiencies to help power the marketing strategy, which is again, ultimately driving revenue. That's what sales does. They drive revenue. The sales ops team supports the tools and the processes for sales to drive revenue. So putting them all under, under one umbrella that's called CRO instead of CMO you know, I think it's probably semantics at that point, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to disagree. There's no fighting here. <laughs> I think, I think seeing RevOps in more places is actually like a good thing for what's yeah. traditionally been considered marketing operations, because it means that we're all solely focused on that return on investment, uh, return on marketing investment metric. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, I also agree that you start to talk about semantics at that point, but, <laughs> um, so going back to kind of a, a, a mops framework, what skill sets, uh, do you find in that, in that paradigm of people process and technology that, that fun, buzzword, buzz phrase, uh, what do you find are the skill sets needed with the people part of that within a marketing ops org? Yeah. So we've touched a little bit on this when we talk about the tools people need to manage. Um, I think a lot of the skills related to marketing ops that people think about or that are top of mind when they think about the skills are marketing automation platform admins or, you know, certified automation users. That's the bulk of what MOPS jobs are right now. I think that is certainly changing, but when you see a lot of job postings from marketing operations manager, they actually mean marketing automation administrator. They want someone who's 
Marketo certified, Eloqua certified, HubSpot certified, all those types of things. And they just expect you to run the map or it's the exact opposite. And they expect you to be a jack of all weird trades of which you can be a master of none. That being said, you need a variety of people with a variety of skill sets to run the tools in your tech stack. So that includes the tactical execution, that includes the system administration, that includes the process development, that includes reporting on the success of what you're doing, that includes being able to develop various components. So things like HTML or JavaScript, things like that. And again, those skill sets are not going to be in the same person. Someone who is an expert at developing process for a marketing automation platform is not also going to be an expert in front-end web development type stuff for JavaScript. Like it's just too, it's too much, it's too hard. Um, And you don't really want one person to do that. In order to have a variety or a, sorry, in order to have a successful marketing operation teams, you need a variety of people with a variety of skill set. If you see one of those jobs that they expect you to do a little bit of everything, just run away. You don't want to work there. The, the Liam Neeson approach to uh, having <laughs> a very special set of skills for mops. I love it. Good luck. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, so in this kind of new mops world, we talked about this a little bit, but um, you know, we now have people who are growing up in mops in their careers. So, you know, now we're having VPs that came up through the mops organization, directors, CMOs who uh, cut their chops and came up through mops itself. How do you see that kind of impacting the future of where mops goes and the kind of roles and responsibilities we'll see taken on by mops? So I see only positive things, honestly. Like, I think it's great that the folks who got in early that bulldozed their way to get a seat at the table are now getting leadership responsibility, executive responsibility, and are leading marketing organizations and seeing marketing operations as a key component of that and making the value of marketing operations known to everyone at the table, all the executives at the table. So, you know, a strong marketing operations team creates that dream setup we talked about earlier, uh, where you've got a group of people with a variety of skill sets sitting in their marketing operations organization, reporting to the CMO or CRO with a VP in charge, who's putting marketing operations again at the forefront, bringing them to the table to make those strategic decisions, to make the, the evaluations of the tech and the tools that you're going to buy to think through the processes as you work through developing your marketing strategy. I think it's, you know, if you can find a company that has someone at the exec level that has come up through marketing operations, that's the dream job you want. They understand your value. They understand your importance. And I think it's only going to be great things for organizations who value those skill sets and who value the people who came up that way. They're just going to create more efficiencies and probably drive more revenue. I think that is a lovely spot with that, you know, beautiful future in mind (laughs) to wrap this episode. Um, So here are the three things you really need to know about my profession and yours, MOPS, marketing operations. One, marketing ops needs to have a seat at the marketing table in your organization if they don't already. In a large enough org, it should report directly into the CMO or CRO with its own VP and not be a part of performance marketing or demand gen or be underneath a marketing specific organization. 
Two, marketing ops creates efficiencies within the marketing organization and they make marketing happen. Getting the right message to the right person at the right time and ensuring that the performance of those marketing campaigns is trackable for better or for worse. Three, marketing operations isn't just marketing automation administration. There are specialized skill sets that your marketing ops team needs. Allowing your marketing operations managers to specialize or hiring in for those special skills is vital to making your marketing engine the most efficient it can be. Uh, those are your takeaways. That's a wrap for episode nine of Must Contain, where we broke down mops for all of our listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again in two weeks with another great buzzword topic where we'll break it down for you and send you off with some takeaways for that as well. So tune in. And lastly, before we sign off, just remember the Salesforce Sync user doesn't need to see every field. This podcast was produced by Kristen Crow, Kristen Caridio. Ali Stoltzfus, and Lindsay Walter. It was edited by Kristen Crow. Theme music by Rusty Hall. Special thanks to our guest host, Rusty Hall. And that's it for Must Contain. I'm Kristen Crow, and we'll see you in two weeks.